Welcome to the Farming on Purpose podcast, a podcast for farmers and ranchers ready to shift for a stronger future. Today's challenges in agriculture are new, but the grit and determination required to be successful are not. On the Farming on Purpose podcast, you'll hear how producers of all sizes and practices are moving mountains for things they believe in, all in the name of an industry that keeps growing and innovating for a stronger food system and stronger farm families. I'm your host, Lexi Wright, and I'm excited to discuss where producers are finding success, challenging the status quo, striving for better, and keeping our heritage alive, all while producing the food we depend on. The Farming On Purpose podcast is turning a year old, and we think it's high time to invite you into our mission. Be sure to follow me on Instagram for weekly giveaways in October leading up to our one-year anniversary. You can find me at right at the moment. That's right, just like my last name. To get more info on how you can enter the giveaways this month, join us in the Farming On Purpose Facebook group or sign up for updates in your inbox at farmingonpurpose.com. While you're there, check out the new merch we just dropped in the shop. You'll find t-shirts, stickers, and notebooks, all inspired by the people building ag legacies. Thanks so much for being here. Welcome back to Farming on Purpose. Today, I have Andrea Severitson here. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast, Andrea. Um, Quick introduction, Andrea is a fifth generation farmer from Southwest Minnesota. She farms alongside her family and husband with corn and soybeans and a commercial cow-calf herd feedlot and even a fainting goat herd to help keep things interesting, which if you watch her Instagram stories, it definitely keeps things interesting. Um, Farming with her family wasn't always in the plan, but life is a way of throwing challenges at you in the hard moments led her to where she is today. Um, Andrea is a multi-passionate entrepreneur or serial entrepreneur, as she likes to call it. And she started sharing her agriculture journey and story online in 2018 and branded herself as that fit advocate, which is very fitting. Since 2018, she has not looked back at our business businesses have continued to grow and evolve and her focus online is to inspire other women to just be their authentic selves and share the day-to-day life in agriculture to bridge the gap between farmers and ranchers and consumers in addition to advocating andrea also mentors other women in entrepreneurial goals pours into women in agriculture at events workshops and retreats and runs masterminds to connect women in ag from all over the rural united states now you know why she calls herself multi-passionate there you go i was going to say it, but you said it for me on your intro. Um, And I was um, a participant in one of your masterminds this fall. So fun. So fill in the gaps for us. This is a very brief overview to a big, long journey. So what are you up to now? And what did we miss? Oh my gosh. I So that's hard, like, because on bio, I copied and pasted it from another event that I had. And I was like, perfect. I think I have my solidified bio now that I can just save somewhere in my phone and send to somebody when they need it. Because I feel like it, enc- yeah, it encompasses everything. And it's sassy and quirky and tells you the story of who I am. Because for so long, I tried to put myself in a box and I'm not a person that fits in a box. Like I, like we talked about multi-passion is my world, essentially, especially when you look at what I share. Yes, it's very agriculture heavy, but that fitness piece is there. And that's something when I did start sharing back in 2018 that I didn't think would fit in. I was like, 
farmers don't have time to work out like that whole tidbit we could get into. And I was letting that box hold me back from sharing all of these interests that I have. And you know, I stopped myself from being able to grow. And when you're in your early twenties, when I started sharing, you're still figuring your life out. Like you think you got it down, but really the next year you're like, I had no idea what I was doing last year. And you become just this new version of yourself every single year as you go through challenges and your twenties are some of the best and the hardest years of your life. So that multi-passionate thing comes out, which is what led us to the mastermind and the one-on-one work that we did. And I absolutely loved working with you. You are so much fun. Um, and you know, I always thought I was like, how am I qualified to do these masterminds, these one-on-one things like that. But when you've been in this space and you have that passion to help other women with businesses and mindset work and social media, things that I've had to figure out and invested in a lot of learning over the years, that's where we're at now. Um, had to give myself that like reality check of like, yes, I'm qualified to do this. I've, you know, been in the trenches. I've launched the businesses and had my quote unquote guinea pigs. Lexi was one of them. We got to have a good time and mastermind some stuff for some different things that she wants to get into, which was a blast. But outside of that, I mean, most of the days now I (laughs) make silly videos. I make fun videos. I make, I mean, good quality videos every once in a while (laughs) and hang out and farm with my family and getting into YouTube and stuff. But I mean, we can go back to like the way beginning if you want. I don't know. Like there's so much of my story we can talk about. So you tell me where you want to go with this. (laughs) Ooh, an open book. Okay. Well, I just want to say I really enjoyed the mastermind as well. I used to not really understand what all the hype about masterminds was. Like you see them all over, like everyone's doing masterminds. And I was like, I just don't get it. Like it's not that special. And then I've done yours now and I've done a couple others. And there's just something really cool about having other people who have goals that are kind of similar to yours, who are thinking about what you're thinking about. And you guys are working towards those goals together. The community aspect of them um, really, I think is cool. And I think that's the, the real name behind mastermind like you guys are all masterminding together i just never understood that before i joined right it's just so easy like that's what i want to do and i'm I'm, disclaimer here's this fun little future thing i want to do i want to do a higher level mastermind essentially with people that are i've gone through my og mastermind level one if you want to call it that or are already kind of actively sharing online and are at that next level to truly mastermind back and forth with each other and be on that same you know, level of ground to really support one another. Because when you're living rurally, it's, I mean, it's exhausting and also kind of isolating. I don't, I joke, I'm like, I don't have any friends that actually live within four hours of me besides my husband for the most part. (laughs) The rest of them are like hours upon hours away or they're online friends. But when I started sharing, I, you know, I didn't share originally to not feel isolated, but now like I share every single day because it keeps me connected to other people, even when I'm by myself or with my family and just my family. Um, so that's a little side note, but masterminding is so valuable, especially within that, you know, feeling isolated, but just having those ideas, those questions, ideas you can bounce off of each other. And then like the collaborations that are coming out of it, it's just that connection. Cause I have my mastermind groups and I was like, I want to help other women that don't have that find their little like two, three, four friends that they can group text all the time about things. And what do you think of this? Does this sound dumb? Like those conversations are really good. And those people that can just help you make continued progress with your business and personal goals. Absolutely. And the fact that you are like multi-passionate and don't fit in a box, it's like, 
you, because of that, I feel like you have attracted the band of misfits. Not really like that's not the right <laughs> word, but it's like all these people who feel the same way. Like we're multi-passionate or we care about a lot of different things and don't fit into just this one little pretty package, unfortunately, but also fortunately. <laughs> right. Uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword because you like want to do all the things, but you like are told you need to niche down. And we talked about that a lot because I was like, I hate that word. <laughs> like I hate yeah. it, but it's a balancing act of just being your authentic self, figuring that out. And, you know, as humans, we're always evolving. That's the big one is interests change, stages of life change, all of those things. If you looked at what I shared six, seven years ago, it's still the same basis of agriculture, but I have changed and evolved a lot myself. So for sure. Is it that permission? It does. It really does. And once you realize that, it does open up a lot of doors that you maybe were closing on yourself before that. Without even realizing it. Yes. So you've been at this for six, seven years, like you said. Crazy yeah. to think about that. Um, tell us more about kind of what the start of that journey looks like and how things have evolved. Yeah. So we'll get deep and heavy right in right in here. Um, so baby Andrea back in the day. Um, so if you see me now, I seem very like confident, extroverted, like just very in tune with myself. That's not how I was before I started sharing online. So if you would have asked me eight, nine, 10 years ago, if I would have ever been here, like full-time entrepreneur online space, talking on my stories, making YouTube videos, doing what I do um, back then, I would have been like, you are insane. No way that's going to happen. So I really struggled with like self-worth and my identity just with being myself for a very long time. I was bullied very heavily in elementary, middle and high school. I was actually told that the world would be a better place without me over and over again. So I've really struggled with confidence, but also my mental health. I do struggle with anxiety and depression. That is a very big part of my life and something I'm passionate about. Um, so the fact that I'm here just blows my mind. But I started working on myself in college. I needed to figure out an outlet for my anxiety. Uh, the plan was to become a veterinarian. So I was taking all of the excessive science classes and a lot of credits and trying to balance everything. And I was turning to alcohol and kind of partying instead of like taking care of myself. And I had to figure out an outlet for stress that was not partying, forgetting everything, blacking out type of deal. So I got into fitness. Um, and as you start to work on yourself within that sense, you actually start to gain some confidence. If you get that um, consistency down and you have that supportive like group that can help you and all that jazz. Um, so it actually was like health and fitness that got me started with sharing online because I wanted to share my journey to stay accountable because I was like, I have always sucked at being accountable. I hated gym class. Like that was not my forte. Um, so I started sharing online and I was like, if I tell at the time, like 800 people where it was that I'm going to show up, like I'm going to feel like I have to show up. And I did. And I got super, super consistent. Um, so that was like my first couple of years of college sharing that here and there, my first little entrepreneur journey. And then I started applying to vet school. I did not get in that first year and things just like this, like somebody to turn the light switch off. I went backwards, went back to drinking a lot and partying. And I lived a block from the downtown bars in Brookings, South Dakota. So back to Andrea and her blackout moments again. And I quickly realized within a couple of weeks that I needed to figure my life out. I just turned 21. And I was like, this is, it's not it. Like, yeah, I didn't get in, but I got to figure out something else. I think I had one more vet school that I hadn't heard back to, but it was like the most competitive one. And in my head, I was like, it ain't happening. I don't know why I didn't apply here. Um, 
So then like January 1st, 2018, I was like, I need to figure my, my, my crap out essentially. So I recommitted to my fitness journey, typical cliche New Year's resolution, but I stayed consistent since then, which has been really good. Um, and I also was like, I'm going to share a little bit more of my life online just to be a little more accountable with everything outside of just workouts. It was nutrition and studying and like, you know, figuring out how to be a better human and work on myself. And as I would go home, um, I bought some cows that when I like got home in December, I was like, dad, I want to buy some bread heifers. You're going to get in school. Will you like co-sign alone? He's like, absolutely. So I bought some bread heifers, had to go home on the weekends, obviously to go help. I was only an hour and like 15 minutes from college. And I would share that because I was sharing a little bit more of my life online and people started asking questions that I thought were very common things they should know. Um, this was before Instagram had reels and stories and stuff and the explore page and they could find you from like a pretty picture back in the day of the old Instagram. Um, and I started realizing that the gap between producers and consumers, and that's where the passion for ag kind of came from. So I graduated that May, um, those couple of months, I just kind of shared consistently, figured out my voice, not realizing I was figuring out my voice. I was just, you know, going through the motion sharing because it was an outlet for me when I was going through all of that. And I had to land a job in feed sales. Turns out feed sales was not for me. It was not the right job or place of employment or boss or coworkers or anything. Um, mental health is trash. In August of 2018, I quit that job and went full-time entrepreneur with um, my health coaching I was doing. And that shifted into all of the years of five years of growth um, since then, that now we are out of the health coaching space and more of just like partnerships, collabs, advocating for ag, speaking events, masterminds, all of that jazz. So literally like the most lowest point I've had in my life, that's where I figured out this voice within and slowly grew that confidence over time. Incredible. Uh -huh. <laughs> Thank you so much for telling the full picture of the story. I think a lot of times when we hear people share like their success or what their journey looked like, we hit the high moments, we hit the things that sound good and we don't share the lows or the parts that it's like, this is what it was like. This is how I felt. Yeah. Um, Cause that's part of it. And just, I'm so glad that you share that part of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I want to be the, the, you know, real human. And that's the thing I promised myself when I started sharing online and I promised others is it was really easy in your early 20s and even teenage years to scroll Instagram and constantly get in that comparison trap. It's still really easy. Like I'm 27, I think now, I don't even know. I don't pay attention anymore. And I still get in that trap. And I know that I should not compare myself to somebody else's house or somebody else's life. So I made a promise from day one that I was like, I'm going to share the real and raw. It's going to be authentic. It's going to be the good, the bad, the ugly, everything. So that's something that also like helped me show up. It was hard because obviously like I didn't have the filtered photos that everybody liked, but I was like, oh, well, this is me. And that's where the brand kind of grew with that, that connection with the people that decided to follow some weirdo named Andrea on the internet. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I'm so glad that they did because your voice is a powerful one. And I think one that needs to be heard more. So it's well-deserved. Um, when you, I, I guess, a couple of questions about how that journey unfolded. When you left your feed sales job, um, what was that like? Because that's a big step. <laughs> um, you kind of just were like, well, I quit. <laughs> how yeah, did that go? No. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to talk forever on this story. So we're going to like <laughs> get it smaller there. It's such a, like a long journey that I was like, I could talk forever about it now. But 
Um, I really started struggling with my anxiety to the point that like I was done training. They wanted me to go out and find new customers. Well, I was 21 years old at the time, a female, an egg, going to like older producers that are like my grandpa, trying to get them to switch to a feed company at a time where like there wasn't a lot of money to be doing that. So one, rejection was slammed in my face every single day. And people were very rude about it. That's where I really started to notice the male, female disconnect in some of the generations. And some of them were super great. There's just the bad eggs that made you question everything. Um, and I was just not feeling fulfilled. It was giving me so much anxiety. I just, I started feeling myself creeping back into that hole that I'd been in before where I was sleeping a lot and not, you know, prioritizing myself anymore and drinking and just, I didn't want to go into that and I didn't love it. So I, you know, after like a week of really bad anxiety, I said, you know what? It's not for me. I, you know, applied very few jobs at some different places and obviously an animal science degree. So I could go do other stuff. Um, and I did hear back from one and they wanted me, but I finally was like, I'm going to see what happens. Like I didn't have a lot of expenses at the time. I was blessed to live in an, at an acreage my parents owned. Um, so it was really just like basic necessities that I needed. And I was like, I'm going to figure it out. Like I had this health coaching business. I knew like if I lived on a budget, bought on a budget, I'd be okay. Um, I'd figure it out. And if I had to, I'd go get a job waitressing, finding something. I just had to take care of me. So I quit. Obviously, like, gave them two weeks. They were like, we don't need your two weeks. Typical when someone doesn't like that you're leaving them. Um, and then I was full-time entrepreneur. And I had no idea what I was doing. Like, if I was like coaching or mentoring me back then, I'd be like, you're dumb. This is a bad life choice. Like you should have some sort of plan. But if I put myself in a corner where I like have no way out, but I have to figure it out, I will, I will get my crap done to make it happen. And I did. It grew over time. Obviously, like I look back then, I'm like, how did I survive on like $900 a month? Granted, towns were a little different back then. But it's possible. So, I mean, my dad thought I was crazy. My now husband was like, I'm supportive, but like, what are you doing? We laugh about it now. Um, and obviously my parents are like, look, we can pay you to do like the not so fun jobs around here if you need to, but never had to, thankfully. I got to still do them, but not get paid for it. So there's that. But yeah. And then I just, I got, I had more time, obviously, to pour into my business a little bit, not working you know, nine to, I was working like eight to seven, to be honest. So it was excessive hours. So I had that time and I got to use more of my creative juices that I started growing a little bit more online, doing all of that good stuff that it actually ended up working out. But I was pretty nuts at the time, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it's a big jump, but it sounds yeah. like the stage you were at in life, it was like the right time to be yeah. make a kind of jump like that. Yeah. Um, but what were those first few months or that first six months like when you were full-time entrepreneur? You had your health coaching business and then you were working on the farm? Yeah, I'm just a little bit. Um, I've pretty much been like free labor the entire time, but that's part of <laughs> you know, the transition of life. Stuff. Yes. Um, like I get yardage from my cows, I guess. So it's a good little trade. Um it was a lot of like figuring out the time of being an entrepreneur and how to like have a foundation for yourself to be productive in a day. When you're working from home, great. A lot of people like during the vid change like the whole, you know, working from home thing. It's really easy to get sidetracked or 
get pulled to this job or do X, Y, Z when I should, you know, be doing business stuff that is going to move the needle forward, get me that paycheck, that growth. So the first month is kind of figuring that out, but I was having so much fun creating and being able to create when it worked for me and what times of the day that I felt, you know, creative and could do the things in a lot more productive manner. Um, so it was actually a lot of fun. It was, it's a lot of a blur now, like thinking about it, but I was able to pretty rapidly increase my income and my business growth within that time because I just, I had to, I was like, I got to figure my crap out at this point. Um, and I gave myself from August to the end of the year to see if I could lock and load it, make sure I was good to go before starting 2019, I would go get a job, figure something out, you know, be an adult if I had to. And yeah, I figured out that balance. I worked a lot at night because I'm a night owl and then I would do random stuff during the day or stuff at the farm and stuff. But yeah, it was just a lot of learning how to manage my time when I'm a 21 year old that is working from home and doesn't really know like what she needs to be doing to move the needle forward. So I had to figure out like a to-do list and learned how to brain dump and all those things we talked about in our mastermind one-on-one time. A lot of that was figured out during this time where I was like Googling how to be productive working from home. Like trying to hack my brain, reading all the self-development books, listening to all the podcasts, trying to figure out some direction to go. Cause I was just like looking in this 180 instead of, you know, dialing it to the 10% I need to look into. Well, it's, yeah, that is a, a hard thing to do, especially like I'm trying to imagine that at 21 years old, like that's, that's hard. <laughs> it's just like so easy to go like watch Netflix today or like ride my horse instead or go right. the farm and like I just had to figure out what activities were going to move my business forward versus which ones were the fun the fluff because it's easy to go do the things that aren't as important and at the time like making all the content and recording videos and taking photos like yes that was important but I found myself doing that way more than I needed to I needed to do more of like the back-end work all of that fun stuff instead and it's just figuring out that balance because yeah I mean like I knew I had responsibilities, but I was like, this is taking me 10 hours when it should have taken me like an hour and a all over. So <laughs> when you um, started to see that growth and it didn't take that long, um, what was what were some of the things that shifted for you from like what you did those first couple months to what you started focusing on as you grew and became more successful? I would say a lot of it was probably just a lot of the mindset work I did with myself. Like I really figured out that I had to dial back into one, filling up my own cup and two, that mindset work because it's your mind that holds you back on everything you do. And the more I worked on myself, the more that voice that you see now was coming out. So that connection through content and stories and my emails that I sent out and with my clients in my boot camps, like that started to get you know, better. And I was confident because I was in my best shape I've ever been in my life. Like I was just crushing it. My fitness journey, I had all day to work out. So it was, it was great back then. Right. Um, and I just was like, I got to go all in 110%. And I did, that's really what moved the needle forward. And that doesn't happen for everyone. I definitely like had the right timing, the right mentality, the right algorithm timing, all that stuff. But like I said, my back was against the wall, so I had to figure my crap out. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's just the increased confidence in the direction of what I was doing. You know, I no longer treated this business that I had as a hobby or something fun, which is what it was for the first year when I was in college at the end. It was just like a part-time little supplemental income. 
I changed that direction to this is my full-time income. This is my full-time job. I have to figure it out now. And that's when I started treating my clients better. I got really involved with them. I checked in. I kept that energy high because it's contagious. They got results. That was more proof. More people wanted to work with me. It just kept growing from there. Very cool. And then as you kind of shifted or added more things to your plate, I guess would probably be the right thing to say. Um, What did that look like? How did you know the timing was right to start adding like the apparel and more of the sharing ag stuff? So I would say, so 2018 was August of when I went full time, had to figure all of it out. Um, through 2020, that's, I mean, my business boomed because people couldn't go to the gym anymore. So that was another really good growth time. Um, I did 2020 and I started to feel out of alignment is kind of the thing that I was feeling. Um, and I was like, I don't know what it is, but now figuring out as I went into 2022, I just was feeling kind of burnt out. I wasn't fully enjoying the health coaching world anymore. Uh, it just got exhausting. And if it wasn't I wasn't working out for myself anymore. It was for everyone else to get those you know, results and share the sweaty selfies and all the stuff I was doing. And I grew my platform because when you're consistent for that long and your voice and you just, you're, you're out there unapologetically like yourself with that confidence and just authenticity, that platform grows. And I reached out to a company about merch. I was like, I want to do it. I have some ideas. They said, heck yeah, let's do the dang thing. Um, and then it, early 2022 I had my first partnership I had no idea what I was doing like I didn't know brands would pay you to like make content with them for a brand that you already love I was like okay this is a no-brainer like <laughs> like yeah I would do this for free almost like you know back then and I'd give you a cup and they'd want to post and you're like heck yeah sounds great so I had my first paid partnership in 2022 that's kind of when things really started to shift of hey the potential is here and I think I probably had like 26,000 followers at that point. And so I could have been doing partnerships before then, but I had no idea that that was even a thing. I think I was naive to it. Um, So I had my first one. I was like, I really like telling the story of agriculture and I'm burnt out on this fitness thing. Mm-hmm. So I actually um, applied to be uh, part of the Rural Road Aid retreats that Natalie Kovar did. And I was accepted for the June one. So that in itself, I knew in my heart that I was going to make this shift. I knew I needed to, but I needed that reassurance, which for some reason, I don't know why I needed it. Like I'm a very outspoken, like confident person most of the time, but I was having an identity crisis essentially, as I like to call it. And being there was just like the reassurance of like, yes, you just need to rip the bandaid off, leave this space let your clients, you know, move on to whatever's next for them and take care of yourself again. Because I was pouring from an empty cup. And as far as when fitness was the one thing that like kept me going. And I just, my workouts weren't great. I was not in a great mindset. I'd get down, I'd be even crankier. Like it just, it was affecting my marriage, my relationships, my friendships, everything. So it was like midway through 2022, I ripped the bandaid off, went for it. Um, and I like started doing more brain partnerships things like that. Um, obviously like Instagram, Facebook kind of paid you for stuff. So my income was also from platforms and social media. And then we went into the last half of 2022. I was like, I'm going to lock in a bunch of partnerships. I set a goal of X amount of money to get locked in knowing that like, if I was leaving this business behind, I needed to match that income to still live my life and be a happy human and not go backwards. Yeah. Uh, 
And then going 2023, I was like, I'm going to have this much dollar bills locked in, pitching brands, figuring that out, um, going from there. Had brands want to work with me that I never would have thought in a million like lifetimes would want to work with me. And there's still a bunch on my goal list, but figured out that. Um, and then I started doing the masterminds this summer. And that was something that was on my heart for like, I kid you not, a year, year and a half. It's like I have built newer businesses, I guess, Simply Empowered is in there too. And after COVID and all that boutique that I have with my best friend, um, totally forgot about that one. Then I guess that's three entrepreneurs. So now it's just sharing partnerships, masterminds, one-on-ones, which I really like because it makes me feel very like helpful to others, which is when I have my best content. Like it just lights my soul on fire. I'm in that alignment space. So I will be doing another one of them. But eventually my goal is hopefully just a couple of partnerships and then I just want to be a YouTuber, to be honest, no. So like I said, that conversation on evolving, it's a thing. I want to get to the point that I can just farm and YouTube and do a little bit of extra stuff, not all of the things that I'm doing right now because it does get to be exhausting, you know. But I'm not in the phase of life of like kids and family and stuff yet, so I'm cool with that. But the goal is to slow, it, slow things down a little but keep that income and business level up. So, well, it's nice to hear kind of the evolution of how that all happened for you. I think a lot of folks, when they see people who have had success online, they're like, well, they just started posting one day and it all worked out for them. It's like, that's not really the reality of it. Um, When you so and you basically quit. So you quit your regular paycheck job and then you quit what you left that job for to do um more of the content creation that's another pretty big shift when you started reaching out to brands and that kind of thing did you have like a timeline in mind for what you wanted that to look like or was it just like we'll see what I knew that like it wasn't going to be like a cold turkey stop of income like there was going to be some of that like slow decline so I knew I had a little bit of time and I already had locked in a couple and started that conversation and knew after I went to Reddit that I had other business ideas that I could go launch and figure it out. Like there's just so many opportunities of things that I could do um, that are on my heart. Like I want to host an event someday and like do a retreat and all of these things that people are listening to this and be like, oh, she's talking about that forever because it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> um, I just knew I was like, I will in the moment know that I'm going to do this instead. Like I Back, like I said, back myself in a corner, I figure it out. That's just the way I was a person. Um, but I knew like, I was like, I have this in savings. My income is not going to just like cold turkey stop. It's going to be slowly as long as I can just like slowly build them up. So it's an even type of transition. And it, I mean, I went from a pretty consistent monthly income to more of the farming and ranching income where I have really good months. And then I have the months where it's very low. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just... You know, one month is like an eighth of what the next month is. So I have to be a little more conscious of what's going on or just smart with my money. But my husband also is a farrier and in the summer, that's his best time. So we have that conversation. I was like, this is your best time. We could like, you have two, three good months of it. I was like, by then I will have my stuff figured out. We'll be good to go. A little bit of stress, a little bit of faith with each other, lots of communication. And we got to here and here we are. So I don't know, it was scary, but I was like, I... I can't feel like this anymore. Like it was taking a toll on everything. My content that I shared was not great. Like it just, I didn't even feel authentic anymore because I was just 
going through the motions, not being the truly happy Andrea that I started sharing, you know, originally. And I wanted to get into farming and growing the farm with my parents. And I had to figure out a way that I was actually enjoying life to make that happen in a way that wasn't more stress on top of everything. Not that it's not stressful, but (laughs) I had to be happy with another phase of my life, not like unhappy and stressed at the same time. Yeah. Um, As you were kind of looking at moving more into just YouTubing down the line, um, is that is that something that you've like put a lot of research into or just kind of the direction you feel in your heart you want to go? I know a lot of things in content creation, heavy businesses just depends on the platforms that we're on and and how those treat us back. (laughs) Right. And that's like the thing is I was going to have this conversation this morning with my Instagram stories. Um, I'm not planning to like leave Instagram. That is the place that I started. It'll forever be like my place. I just want to be to a point that I'm not doing like brands are a whole fun world to work with some of them are very casual you have full creative freedom and that's what I enjoy some of them are very structured have you know like legal things to follow so I just want to be able to do the ones that I have the full creative life with and less of that stress on top of farming and seasons so that's where like I will still do that just probably like crank it down a little bit and then still share on Instagram, but make it be more of just like a fun outlet, hopefully that I can just pour into being myself and then whatever I feel like I want to do. But that YouTube thing, I went to Canada like pretty recently in the last little while and got to meet up with a bunch of big creators and a lot of them are on YouTube. And dollar bills talk to Andrea. So when they were talking about like what they make off of two to three videos a week and how like it's just helped their farm grow and the impact and like land is outrageous here. Like I would love to be able to expand our operation without it being an insanely big stress on 8% interest right now. Like there was land for sale and we didn't do it because it was excessive and it went so high. We bid, but just got out bid. Um, So a lot of them talked about how that has been able to grow their farm or they bought their first 80 or their first quarter off of generating money off of YouTube. I was like mind blown. And yes, it's time created and it's work you have to put into, but it can turn turn into a bit more of like a passive income. I've really enjoyed that connection with other farmers and ranchers, but also the advocating for ag I can do in long form content. It was a learning curve. I started sharing, quote unquote, not actually consistently in like May of 2022 and did not get serious with it until this summer. So like I bragged, I was like, I got my first $160 paycheck in August and it was from like seven months of monetizing. So it, it's not great yet. Like we're not anywhere <laughs> that I'm like, I think I calculated there is like a dollar something an hour I'm making right now when I edit, <laughs> which it's not great. And inside of my head, I'm like, why are you doing this? But I told myself if I can get to the end of the year, see some growth, stay consistent with it. I figured out a posting schedule. I asked them a lot of questions and I have some really great supportive friends now from going to Canada with AeroQuip that are literally answering all the questions. They're helping me grow because someone helps them grow. So then eventually maybe I'll help whoever else wants to get into YouTube and grow and just keep that cycle because the opportunity there, it's kind of a no-brainer for me, to be honest, just to share what I love and make that money to support my family and my goals down the road. Absolutely. Let's dive into that a little bit because I feel like that is 
a big deal. Um, there's the price of farming has become non-competitive for so many people because that barrier to entry is just so high or even that barrier to continuation, not just entry in some cases. Um, so a lot of folks are looking to other sources of income to supplement that content creation obviously is one that can pair with it really well. We've seen people that have a lot of success with that. Um, what do you think about that? Is that something that's good for our industry, bad for our industry? What is that? What kind of impacts does that have? So I know it can be a very useful tool and it is doing some good because there are some really great creators out there that do a great job of advocating. And I always say like, even if you yourself don't want to advocate hard, you don't want to like be that person, that voice out there. If you simply give somebody an insider look into the things that you do daily, caring for cows, feeding the cows, scooping bugs for the cows, like out in a blizzard, that is content. That is your life. It's easy to naturally showcase, even though it sucks in the moment. I was like having your phone out doing it. Uh, we don't love every day as farmers and ranchers, but that insider look for people that don't have that opportunity to go outside and take care of livestock or see what actually happens and how beef gets on their plate or how milk comes from cows. I always, that opportunity I think is great. Like I wish more people would share. I just think we still need to be very conscious of what we share and add context because while the activists have been a little quiet right now, they always can find a video, take it out of context and run with it. And all it takes is social media blowing it up. So that's one scenario. Um, and I don't know if like the financial piece of it, I think it'll be a good thing. I live really close to Iowa where land prices are like $30,000 an acre. Um, and a lot of that's like older generation money that they have sitting that they can pull without having to borrow to pay for land. So that's a, a big challenge up here is they have that cash. The people that are kind of trying to grow in these newer generations, kind of like ours is where it's me, my parents, my parents are still farming, like they're not transitioning. We don't have the cash in hand. Like I'm building a house, figuring out life. We build the barn. We're growing in different ways and interest is 8%. We don't have the capacity to go borrow. Like it's 1% interest anymore, 2%. So I think it'll be a great tool. I just, I'm a little cautious with it because of that same situation of that cash where you have people getting a land where it's just not possible for others that want to grow, which they also want to grow. So it's kind of a I don't know how I feel about it yet. I'm excited for the opportunity to hopefully snag and grow a little bit of ground with my family. Hopefully, whatever that looks like without the barn because we can't get land affordable around here right now. But that potential, I think, will be helpful for us, especially when it's challenging years right now, like it is. So It is. It'll be really interesting to see what land prices are like, like 10 years from now and how that looks. Um, I think though, the content creation piece, like it's really just farmers and ranchers being the way that we are um, and using our resources to fund the dream. Like that's all, all of us are like, we just want to farm and ranch for a living. But unfortunately that right. doesn't always pay the bills. I think it'll be good in the aspect, I'm just cautious because I know of like the cash and uh, deal, but I think the people that are willing to take the time to record and share and showcase agriculture are the ones that should have the opportunity to buy the land because they want to continue to the next generation versus the developers or 
people that don't even want to farm at all themselves, but want that, you know, cash flow. That's, I don't have a problem with them, but it's kind of a different world versus me and you, where we actually want to farm and ranch and then have our families come in and keep the generations going. That's kind of the two worlds that we're seeing collide a little bit here. So the opportunity there, because if you're going to put the work into recording the content, sharing the content, like it looks easy, but it takes time, especially in the seasons like right now where it's harvest and weaning and everything's happening. Like I have a lot of video and content, but that time to edit it and share it and have the mindset to just put it out there. That's where things get a little bit dicey once in a while. But I think it's a tool that will be very helpful. And I've seen it. I mean, the people that I'm getting to ask the questions where I feel honored to like chat with them because they're like huge YouTubers, but hearing how it's changed their life and how they also are setting their like kids or future kids up for success already. That's something that I think is awesome or paying off debt for their parents, you know, to transition without that because that transition piece can be ugly at times and stressful. So obviously like you've been in the transition a little bit right now, so... Yeah. Yeah. Definitely having the means to make money a less important part of the conversation is helpful. And I feel like that that's what content creators or people who are pursuing roles off the farm to try to build up that asset and build up that income so that they have the potential to help with the transition or to set their kids up well. Like that's going to be a game changer that our generation is able right. to do that other generations either haven't had the opportunity to do or like the concept wasn't there yet, you know? Right. And how many jobs out there can you make a good amount of money and still be on the farm or the ranch doing the things? Yes, it takes me an extra 5, 10, 15 minutes to do the task because I just set up my you know, like recording and stuff and it can be a pain in the butt sometimes, but I don't have enough farm jobs that's making me the income to support myself. Right. I would have to go work a nine to five plus probably a part-time job to have the income that I have now, but I'm on the farm doing the things, helping out, not being paid full-time wages, supporting myself. Like that took so much pressure off of my parents with this, like trying to grow, keeping them afloat, keeping myself afloat with my own avenues while we grow the operation because it can't support everyone right now. We're not this massive big farm, but the goal eventually is, and then transition, obviously. So like I think about it all the time, like I could sit here and complain about editing a video for 45 minutes and at eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, but I also get to be outside farming every single day. And it's has incredible. It. It's incredible yeah. to think about the opportunity that you've created for your family, like that you get to be back at the farm with your family, that there is a potential for it to go on now. Because before, if you weren't ever like the option wasn't there for you to come back, that makes a really hard conversation when your parents are ready to leave. It's like, right. Right. And I talked about this with my dad the other day, because like he's in his 50s. So he's not like he's like, I kind of want to like slow down. That's why I buy land. He was like, I don't really want to have this big land payment if I'm not going to farm for another 15, 20 years. But I'm at a spot that I cannot go get it myself right now Mm -hmm. with house build and stuff going on. So, you know, we talked about just that opportunity that's there because his parents were older when he graduated college. So they were ready to transition or to start transitioning and renting ground to him. Now it's just like you can buy some cows, yardage, barn situation, but there's that's just not there. It's not where we're at. So 
He's like, yeah, you annoy me with your videos, but it also is paying your bills, supporting you and you're growing a business that he, when I started sharing, he was like, what are you, you're going to make money off of that. And now we talk about it and he's like, can I have 10% of your YouTube money in the future? I'm like, you're going to be a dedicated character. Sure thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the barn. You've mentioned it just a little bit, um, but that, did you guys build that last year or was it two years ago now? Um, so it was last year. It was supposed to be done last summer. And then obviously construction never goes as planned. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully my house goes a little bit more as planned. Uh, so it was done last fall, just in time to wean calves into. So we took part of the good old, what was a bean field last year, ripped the beans out beforehand, um, started putting the barn up. So in our area, you cannot find pasture. I'm in crop country, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, we are very close to Iowa. We call it Sioux County, Iowa where land prices are $30,000. So everything that is tillable is tillable. It trades in the corn and soybeans. Uh, we have really good like black soil here. So even last year we were in a pretty severe, like no rain. We did just fine because we had ground moisture. This year's a different story because we didn't have that ground moisture, but normally like you have really good potential up here. So because of that, everyone either plows everything besides the creek and the waterways and then haze the waterways, or now a lot of people have figured out that hay is worth a lot. So everyone is haying their pastures and selling the hay. So it's kind of a double-edged sword because your pasture options are literally like rocks or only like the creek bottom. So it's like, here's 20 acres here. Here's six acres. Like it's very small amounts and we can run higher or lower CPU. So it's like 1.1 acre per pair. We tried to like one and a half. So we do have a good stocking right here, obviously. We just can't find any pasture and I love the cows. If I could pick crops or cows, I'm going to pick cows every single time. I'm learning more about the crops, but I wanted to grow our herd. We kind of were stuck at the, we're stuck at like 88 to 90 for a long time. And then we had some rented ground. They made us plow up to turn into corn and soybeans to get more rent. So then we had dry lot cows and this dry lot cow thing was kind of working out. And we went to NCBA in 2023. 2022 last year duh um and we started looking at these confinement barns and people were starting to kind of use them for cows we're like hey well we've been doing confinement cows it's actually been going pretty well we would leave our older later cabbers problem ish cows at home and they would do just fine on tmr in the summer months and we figured out we could feed a lot of corn stalks made it affordable decided to pull the trigger with a lot of anxiety and stress and wondering what ifs but knowing the cow market was going to be in the good years for a bit and built the barn, paid the money for it, but it was all land that we own. So at the same time, we lost like a quarter section that we were renting, but we were like, well, we got we to figure something out. Because if you're losing that ground, what happens when the next renter decides, you know, nothing's locked in besides what you own. So we built on land we own, good to go. It's our barn. <laughs> Nobody can take it. Um, and then crippled the herd, added the cows. My dad probably lost he had more gray hair from all of his strengths than everything. But yeah, so this year we calved 240 cows instead of the normal like 75, 80. So that was pretty wild. But yeah, big change. It was fun. Growing pains for sure. We had some challenges this year. It was a very weird year of weird stuff that I have never seen in my life. My mom had never seen. So it was just one of those years on top of everything. But it was good growing pains too. So. 
Yeah. Well, the barn, I mean, I love watching your videos that showed like the construction of the barn and how you guys are using it now. It looks like such a nice asset to have, like just how comfortable you can make the cows and how much you can watch everything so much closer. Right. And it's so versatile. Like we wean the calves into it and now have cows. We're going to run on my corn socks shortly when obviously the corn's out once I fried check too. So we wean calves in there. So instead of calves being weaned in open lots like we used to do in the weather, usually when we would wean in October and November, it's very cold and wet and rainy. And like tomorrow's supposed to be cold and windy and rainy. It's going to feel very not fun and like icy and stuff. Normally our fresh weaned calves would be outside in that weather. Well, they're going to be inside of a barn. So their health is a lot better. They just transition on a feed. If they were already in the barn, they were eating TMR. Like they cried a little bit, but they didn't lose weight. They just lived life again. Uh, so it's fun. But then if we ever want to, you know, not calf cows, you can put you can background calves in there. We could use, you know, about as the starting for feedlot cows. They come in at 600 pounds, get them to grow, move into the open lots to end like the feedlot process. There's just so many opportunities there that we could do with the barn. It's just versatile and it was nice to cabin because this year we got record amounts of snow. So not cabin in an open lawn. Let me tell you <laughs> way better. <laughs> For sure. My husband is probably like eavesdropping on this now <laughs> because he wants to do a confinement barn so bad. Yeah. Well, we may do one in the future. He may call to pick your brain or something. But yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> he, um, Definitely developed a lot of gray hairs, especially in his beard uh, when we did our transition to the farm. So that's funny to hear your dad also got some grays from the... the well, it's just like <laughs> money just kept going out because you had to like pay for the bar and then you had to like buy the cows and then you had to get more feed and it just, it was everything all at once and you had to get a new feeder wagon because ours was too small and then you had to get a gravel. It was, just, it was just all of it. So now we're selling fats. Obviously fat cattle are worth a lot right now. So now it's have a mech in, but it was just so much like, here's the other check. Here's another check. <laughs> and it's hard to plan for that kind of thing because like there's just right. not a ton of examples that yeah. they're going to follow at this point for confinement at all. Right. And then interest rates started going up, but we got it locked in before the God terribles. It's just, yeah, a year of not normal like income and expenses, obviously. And it wasn't, and most of it was pretty expected, but it comes with challenges that you don't expect, you know, and it's hard to keep cow numbers up when you are bringing in shorter term cows and going that way. And yeah, then our winter was rough. So it was just everything on top of each other. For sure. For sure. Well, um, as you have been filming and doing more ag videos, has that affected your role on the farm at all? Or how has that changed what that looks like for day to day? Um, so with the barn, um, the agreement was like, dad's like, I can feed them. Like I'll do the normal farming things. And obviously like I feed on the weekends when they go and leave and stuff now, cause we're here. So my parents have a little bit more of that freedom to go do things, whether they do or they don't. My dad's a homebody where I was like, leave, go do something like <laughs> go to Florida in the winter. We got it. Um, so a lot of it, I guess is my mom and I are much better at like herd health and the management side of things with livestock. I do a lot of like the um, performance beef backend tracking income expenses with the cattle just to know like what our week evens are, where we're sitting with that. Um, he's teaching me more of like the marketing side of things. He's teaching me more about crops, but like day-to-day animal care, checking everybody over, working cattle, breeding decisions, all of that is kind of my my world and obviously my mom's there with me are kind of the ones that run the cattle side of things and then 
wherever I'm needed, I kind of just, I do the grunt work. I get shoved somewhere X, Y, Z, and then my husband is around and does the welding and the fixing of stuff. But yeah, and I, I'm always like, can I just go with you? Like, will you teach me this? I've been really good lately about asking him to teach me, slow things down, answer questions, even when things are stressful and it's not working the way it is. I'm like, just breathe for a hot second, explain me what's going on. So that way someday, like I know how to fix this challenge. So it's been fun with that. And then obviously like I document a lot of it. So he's been coming out of his shell more and more my dad with sharing and figuring out his voice. Like I said, becoming a character in my videos. And someday I said, I'd him 10% and he's like, I'm going to have to get an agent. And I said, okay, <laughs> whatever. But it's been good. I think my dad and I have gotten a lot closer. I spend a lot more time with him and he's taken the time to teach me. Cause I think for the longest time he thought that my brother would be the one to come back. He's just that like, he's not, not as bad as like that generation that I talked about with women in agriculture. He just, I was going to be a vet. I wasn't going to farm. Well, now I want to farm. So he's like, what's, what's happening? Right. So teach me how to drive a tractor and teach me how to do equipment and things that I never did has been kind of the world. But yeah. It's fun to learn those things. It's also very stressful when it's like <laughs> go time and everybody else yeah. is like, let's go. It's like, I have no clue what I'm doing. Hold on. I know. I'm like, can you just answer like two questions? Like, and just tell me the logistics of like, what driveway do you want me in? Like what, like, I just need to know specifics before I mess up. And then if we have problems type of deal. So, right. Right. Well, um, I can't believe we've already been here shouting for like an hour. Uh, It goes so fast. But a couple of questions I wanted to wrap up with today. Um, You talked a little bit at the beginning about how um, like dealing with depression and anxiety is a big part of your story. Um, I wondered if you had any tips or advice to share with folks who feel that way, because it is a very isolating thing that a lot of us go through. Right. Um, I would say one, find a way to not isolate yourself. It is really easy for me when I'm having a bad day to isolate myself. And it's, you know, I let myself do it for a day, but then I have to pull myself out of it talk to my people, show up on social media because that does make me feel connected even when it's something that like I don't want to do in that moment. If I go talk on my stories, have that genuine connection through a freaking Instagram message, it helps me not feel so alone. So that's one thing is like find your people, don't isolate, try to talk to someone even if it's your best friend or you go to therapy, like there are a lot of really great people out there um, and accounts on social media that do have resources for that. Um, Two, medication. If you really do struggle, I'm not saying you have to medicate it or you don't have to be. I'm not anti. I'm not all for. I just want you to listen to what's best for you. And if you really are struggling, um, that's another op- opportunity that can help you. I actually like was off my meds for a year and a half and started having panic attacks at the beginning of the year. I have no idea why. I would wake up. My heart would be at like 170 like I was doing cardio. And I tried everything to figure it out on my own. I finally had to just suck it up, go back on a low dose, and I'm back to a happy Andrea that is much more level. Um, so you don't have to do it all by yourself, but meds are not the option for every single person. So obviously take that as a grain of salt um, and then work on yourself. Daily movement, that is my number one tip. You don't have to be a big gym person. You don't have to do like fancy Pilates, but an evening walk out in the pasture, down a gravel road, 
with your dog, with your kids, whatever it is, just some sort of movement. It sounds exhausting when you're exhausted and feeling in that dark place, but that outdoor time, that endorphins that come, it will boost your mood. And if you do that a couple of days a week, I promise it'll help, but don't isolate, ask for help, meds, therapy, whatever it is. And that movement I think is probably the top thing. And no, you're not alone because there's a lot of people, a lot of people that struggle with it. Just don't struggle alone is my heart. So very helpful. Okay. And then my last question for you is what kind of advice would you give someone who is looking at <laughs> what kind of advice would you give someone who is thinking about looking at content creation or other online forms of revenue generation to support their farming dreams? Um, don't be afraid to invest in mentors, masterminds, courses ebooks that are obviously reputable like do your research don't get scammed <laughs> but um those resources are out there and even if you have creators you look up to that you you know really relate to or you've connected with before like ask them questions a lot of us are very willing to help if they're not willing to help and like that's there's probably not a nice human i don't know what to tell you <laughs> um but if you have like genuine questions or you like want to know how to get started reach out to someone it's not hard for someone like me to send a two minute voice message back of, you know, how we got started and getting some free tips here and there. Um, but just as that, you know, is the thing, if it's, if you get value out of that and you're like, I want to go for this, don't be afraid to invest in learning more about it. There's a lot of free resources, but if you have that dedicated person that you invest in learning with whatever they're offering, you also have accountability to show up and take action. That was the biggest thing for me is when I invested in business growth and mindset and mentors. I like had to get my money's worth and show up. So it really helped me move the needle forward. But just put yourself out there. Cons consistency wins every single time. You can't post twice and expect you to have 10,000 followers. It's going to take time. Sometimes the algorithm's going to be like, heck yeah, here you go. Here's a ton of views. The next time it's going to take you forever to grow. So go at it with cons consistency in your mind and just make it till you make it if you need to. Borrow that confidence from somebody figure out what feels authentic and right for you in your lane. Awesome. Well, the consistency piece definitely speaks to my marketing soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything today, Andrea. I hope some people find some real good value in this episode. Where can they connect with you further, find more about what you're doing these days online? So if you find me on Instagram, it's just that fit advocate. That's pretty much probably where I hang out 95% of the time. I'm also like TikTok and Facebook if you're over there and those are your apps. I'm on pretty much all the platforms. My goal this year is to actually give up one of them. So I'm not so stressed, but we'll see. Um, and then YouTube, if you're a long form content person, you can come hang out there. That's where things are like, I'm really, really raw on Instagram and YouTube, I guess. There's like that piece, but Instagram is my home place. And then obviously like I have a website email list if you want to hang out there, but Instagram stories, that's where you'll probably find me the most. So. Awesome. And do you have anything that you want to people to be sure to check out when they first come follow you or come find you? I mean, I will have another mastermind and one-on-one course coming this fall. If anyone is wanting to get into sharing online or you have a business that you want to grow. Um, our first one, obviously we talked about, uh, we had people of all stages. So it was kind of fun to have women that have, you know, like one, two, three businesses already. And more, you know, some don't have a business, but are sharing online very consistently. Some of them shared more consistently than I did already. 
it was just like moving into a business stage or wherever you're at with that. Um, feel free if you're interested in that. I do have a waitlist link on my profile. You'll be the first to know. Obviously, there's a discount in there, but I don't have a solid set stone date yet. I'm kind of waiting to see if we get moved in earlier. So I'm not like moving in the middle of it and, you know, teaching out of a classy bedroom at my parents' house. But <laughs> that'll be the next big thing. And if you have questions about it, like I said, I have an open book. Send me a DM and I'll get back to you at some point in my life and we'll go from there. Awesome. Well, I can speak highly of the mastermind. Andrea shares all the behind the scenes in that. So if you're considering um, seeing what content creation or other online work can do, <laughs> I just realized that might sound kind of weird. Not all other online work. <laughs> we have him reported. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> want to see what content creation in ag can do. <laughs> for you and your farm, uh, go check that out. Andrea provides a lot of value there. So thank you so much for being here, Andrea. Absolutely. It was a blast. If you've enjoyed spending time with us today, please take a moment to review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or join the conversation on social media. Do you have a topic you would like to discuss or know someone with a story to share? Apply to be a guest on the podcast at farmingonpurpose.com. You can follow the host of Farming on Purpose, Lexi, on your favorite social media platforms for more content by searching for Farming on Purpose. And remember, if you look around your table and aren't inspired by the people there, it's time to find a new seat.